Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversation, where we will help you CFP your way out of it. A podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey, Adam. Hey. Fantastic. How about yourself? Fantastic. I'm, I'm well. I am well. I am uh, excited. That can't be true. Am I really excited to talk about taxes? <laughs> yes, we hope, absolutely. We hope, we hope you're excited to hear about taxes. Yeah. Because frankly, I think we came up with this idea. Um, you know, we can see some of the stats on what people listen to or click on when we're doing content. And mm-hmm. taxes is usually one that, you know, people get a little perked up about. So yeah, why not? Uh talk about the possibilities of avoiding taxes. I know when we were talking about this to get set up, there's a lot of different professionals out there, whether it's investment, insurance, salespeople, whatever. They mm-hmm. love to talk about tax strategies and ways to uh, you know, be proactive with tax mm-hmm. planning. So mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's talk about this concept of avoiding taxes and is it possible or not? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think for most people, like taxes are a great unifier. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it doesn't yes. matter where you fall, you know, politically, religiously, or otherwise. Like when it comes to taxes, <laughs> people are looking to pay as little as possible within, you know, legal legal realms. Um, but it's all, as you said, it, it, is a, it is always a hot button. It certainly gets people's attention. So we hope today we'll shine a little bit more light on some of those strategies uh, to avoid, and maybe it's not always just to avoid, there's uh, the words matter. So we'll, we'll kind of talk through yeah. what that looks like. I'm glad you're starting there. You know, it's not tax evasion. It's oh, not, right. yeah. Yeah, not, we're not gonna tell everybody <laughs> to start a laundry mat <laughs> business with quarter <laughs> deposits. Um, ti- timing is going to matter, right? And I yes. think- you know, let's, let's start, I don't know, let's explore it together. Is it really avoiding or not? And then, yeah, there's yeah. going to be nuances here, but I think the most obvious place to start is that Roth IRA. Yeah. Yeah. So I we'll we'll talk through like the different uh, meanings of the word. So let's, let's, as you said, let's start with the Roth IRA. Yes, it can avoid taxes in the future, Yeah. but the trade, but the trade-off is you're paying taxes today. So I get. I guess in in that in that realm, you're not necessarily avoiding taxes altogether. You're you're choosing the timing of when you're paying the taxes. And the trade off, I think, as as most people are are well aware at this point, with the Roth IRA, is yes, I'm paying taxes on what I'm putting in today, but yes, you are avoiding growth or avoiding the taxes on any growth moving forward. And then when you go to take that money out, you meet all the requirements by the IRS, you have to hold it for a certain number of, of years, um, then yes, it can come out tax-free. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Right. So in the in the financial planner world that we live in, we love this vehicle. We're trying to find and use more of the creative ways to get money into that vehicle, whether it's converting, whether it's the mm-hmm. new rules in Secure Act 2.0 that allow money to maybe move from one bucket to the other, um, workplace accounts, you know, there aren't some income restrictions there like there right. would be on right. your, your own. So 
creative ways to do that. Yes, I'm glad you clarified that. I think that's the obvious one. We have other ones that clients kind of bring to us that are definitely more gray. And I would say maybe more commonly referred to as not tax avoiding, but misconceptions on timing of taxes. So yeah. I'll give you a recent example. Yeah. I'll just buy real estate, right? I can depreciate the asset that'll avoid taxes. Adam, mm -hmm. true or false? Oh man, it's neither. It's like somewhere <laughs> in the middle, right? Because I think it, again, it, it comes down to the timing. Um, and then and, and there's nuance in all of this. So you threw out the depreciation example when it comes to like a rental property. So in theory, um, you're depreciating that, you're, you have expenses, you have income from the rental property, we assume. Maybe you end up showing a little bit of income or maybe let's even just assume you're gonna show a loss on that rental property, right? From an income tax perspective with your depreciation, your expenses and all of that. Um, that you can then offset against all of your other income. So in theory, mm -hmm. you could be avoiding some of those taxes, but I think where that nuance comes into play is specifically with the depreciation. So yeah. you're, yes, you're kicking that tax can down the road or you're avoiding some of the taxes today on your income, but if and when you decide to sell that property in the future, by taking that depreciation, you're just reducing your cost basis over time so whatever you paid it paid for the property, you're reducing that amount. And then when you go to sell it, whatever that difference is between the cost basis, which could be very low if you've owned it and depreciated for a long period of time, and whatever you sell it for, that's now all taxable at capital gains rates. So again, you're not necessarily avoiding it forever. You're, you're avoiding it for a specified period of time that you can control to some, right. to some, deg to some degree. Right. So again, then wrapping that back into planning, I would say to, to choose to do something just because of taxes is usually not how we would go about recommending what to do and what not to do. Right. Uh, because if you are truly just trying to shelter yourself from taxes, to your point, then maybe owning real estate in this, in this concept of the scenario that you gave will work. Um, mm -hmm. But you'd almost have to like then see that property as like a legacy property for your family. Like, now I'm going to pass away and there's going to be a step up in basis to my sure. heirs, right? Yeah. Now we're getting to your point earlier and now we're getting into some nuances, but is property ownership really what you want then? Isn't there a lot that goes into that? Isn't there yeah. a lot to, you know, consider with tenants and other expenses and blood, sweat and tears? Yeah, of course. So I think, I think something you said there is key to all of these different areas in that the purpose Right. Well, we talk uh, the the real estate. Yeah, that there's it's multifaceted. Right, you get different uses out of it. Roth IRA, investment vehicle first. Taxes are a component of that, but not necessarily the primary driver. But could be um, another one we'll talk about is life insurance. But before I get into that, um, yeah. I think I think it is important to what whatever that tax avoidance or the tax deferral feature is that shouldn't be the primary factor right so let's let's talk about the insurance and maybe it'll maybe i'll make my point a little bit clearer sure so so life insurance um cash value so permanent policies that have cash value features to them um oftentimes there are we'll say sales people 
life insurance agents that like to pitch the idea of using insurance, not only as an investment vehicle, but also for a retirement income vehicle where you can access mm. your cash value later in life tax-free and therefore you're avoiding the taxes. Um, yes, that may be true to an extent, but at what cost and, and what is that trade-off? Um, and one of the huge trade-offs is it's insurance first. <laughs> yeah. Right. We, we are fundamental in our approach to life insurance and investments. Try to keep them separate. Insurance is insurance. There's a cost that goes along with that. Get the coverage yeah. you need for as long as you need it. Get rid of it when you don't need it anymore, depending on the situation. Investments yeah. should be investments. Um, where that gets commingled, it gets a little, a little messier. Um, uh, yeah, stacking I, benefits. Like I, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking to not squash this. Right. Yeah. There, there's cert there certainly is reason to try to build cash value. If to your point, if you need insurance. Right. right. Build cash value, have that flexibility later. You know, maybe it's long term care with life insurance. Uh, maybe it's serving multiple purposes that you really need the coverage until the kids are out of the house. Mortgage gone. I get all yeah. that. But to do it just to think about, oh, I'm going to have tax free income. There is cost of insurance. There is expenses to the mm -hmm. insurance contract in itself. It's not right. a, it's, it's not an efficient uh, investment vehicle. So. I, I totally get your point that when I first hear somebody say, hey, I want to try to shelter some taxes. Why don't I buy life insurance? Mm -hmm. mm, we got to start somewhere. We got to start this conversation somewhere else. <laughs> or, or yeah, I think then our, our follow-up question is, is usually going to be, well, why? Why? Right? To try, yeah, to, yeah to, try, to try to pinpoint what is, what is that driving force? What is the priority of, of what somebody is looking to accomplish in that, in that uh, strategy? Um, but you hit on it, and I just want to reiterate it. Yes, you could, in theory, avoid some of the taxes, um, you know, be able to access cash value tax-free that you've basically already paid in. So number one, you've already paid taxes on the money that you're paying Putting premiums. In there. Yeah. And as you said, there are expenses within the policy, within a life insurance policy. Not only is there, um, you know, expenses on the, what they call it like a sales charge. So when you put money in, the insurance company is going to, take some off the top for administrative costs. There is ongoing expenses to the investment side of things, to the cash value. If there's an investment component, yeah. there's cost of insurance. Just for any life insurance policy, there is a cost that gets deducted from your premiums that pays for the insurance. So again, you may not necessarily be fully avoiding it. You may just be trading um, the taxes in for additional costs that are going to the insurance company. And then depending on the scenario, that may be still a, a beneficial trade-off to make, but it's not the the pure black and white. Yes, if I buy this insurance policy, I'm just completely avoiding the taxes and I get to keep everything, you know, in in my pocket. It's it's not quite that straightforward. Yeah. And I don't want to turn this into like a permanent life insurance podcast here, but one other thing to note on that, um, that we would want to be very conscious of because we see where things go sour. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. people come to us. Um because there's a fire to put out, you still need leverage in a life insurance contract, cash value to the death benefit. So if you start pouring money out oh, of there because yeah. they're like, hey, it's retirement income, at some point the insurance company is gonna go, there needs to be enough cash value in here to cover our risk of you passing away and needing to pay out a death benefit. So yeah. it's not like your own investment account where you can just 
take as you want, not have to replenish. I think when you take money out, it's technically a loan. Correct, um, so correct. a lot of complications. So <laughs> back to the theme of the podcast, are you avoiding yeah. taxes? Mm, I think that's really, really great. And I, I would not throw that on the short list of, hey, we're going to be quick to recommend yeah. this like we would maybe a Roth IRA or an HSA or something like that. Yeah, there's definitely way more moving pieces to the insurance side of things. And that ultimately just comes down to it being multifaceted in yeah. what you what what you may get out of it. So yeah, do we wanna do you wanna pivot to what ways can we avoid taxes completely? Yeah, and maybe I'll I'll tee this up for you because I, I think I know where we're going with this. If, so. if we're talking, yeah, if we're talking time trying to truly reduce taxes in the given year, mm -hmm. yeah, there are definitely proactive things we want to do to kind of understand what are your investment gains? Can we offset them with losses? Again, we like to talk about ways that we can move money around with the Roth if you have certain deductions and can take more income. There's definitely proactive tax planning. But if your question mm -hmm. truly is, is there anything we can do to truly avoid taxes? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. but you're giving money away. <laughs> right. I this think isn't about you. This isn't about you keeping more money. This is about making sure the IRS doesn't get it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, that's the key point we want to make that there, I, I think there's this misconception that there's just this, there's something out there that I just don't know about, <laughs> but everybody else does, or or you know, some some very select, very smart people. Yeah, what's know, what's know, the silver bullet? Yeah, know how to play the game, and I can just I can keep this money for myself and not have to pay into taxes. But I yeah, I, I I don't know that that truly really exists. To your point, a lot of the ways to avoid taxes is because you are giving up control, or you're completely giving up the asset. You're giving up the investment. So that would be something like charitable giving right you're giving mm -hmm. to a charity you get the deduction on your tax return now there's caveats there that the standard of deduction right now is very high and you'd have to itemize your expenses beyond that sure. standard yeah. deduction to really truly take advantage of it i think you can is it six hundred dollars that a couple can deduct now um not nominal tax impact um similarly a QCD or a qualified charitable distribution from an IRA or a retirement account, once you hit age 70 and a half, you're allowed to essentially send money directly from your IRA to a charity. And what would have been a taxable withdrawal to you if you took out, say, $10,000 from your IRA, sure. if it goes directly to a charity or a few different charities, you're completely avoiding that because you never received it. So right. again, yeah. therefore, you are avoiding the income taxes but you're giving, you're giving that money away. It's off your balance sheet moving forward. Yeah, I think the moral in all of this still has to be, again, what, what are you really planning for? And we want to be tax efficient, but we have to kind yeah. of understand what are you really looking to accomplish? And if it is, again, truly avoiding, then those are two ways. And may, maybe this is a you know the later in life conversation, but you can mm -hmm. gift other assets to other people and maybe... Yeah you're avoiding taxation to you, but someone may eventually pay taxes on that money, right? right? Someone, somewhere down the line, the IRS does not, man, does not give a lot of handouts here. 
you know, so <laughs> you, in some ways you can control when you're taxed, but this right. whole idea of avoiding completely, it's, it's not, not really on the table. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We'll say this, it's one of those areas where you can influence the, the timing and the control and maybe avoiding some of the taxes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not as black and white. Like I said, there, there's that misconception that there's just this silver bullet, as you put it, that's out there. Like if I just did this one thing, I'll just be able to avoid taxes completely, completely. And I'll be able to keep everything on my balance sheet. The one, the one area that we will share here to kind of end it on my side is a health savings account. I know we've talked about health savings accounts before HSAs. They are one of the very rare, uh, vehicles investment and otherwise that is triple tax advantaged so you get the tax deduction up front like contributing to a pre-tax retirement account it grows tax-free grows tax-free like many retirement accounts and when you use it for qualified medical expenses it comes out tax-free like a roth ira so it is kind of the best of all worlds um but it in the grand scheme of all the different kind of moving pieces in someone's financial life, it is merely a portion. And of course yeah. there's limits, there's limits, limits on what exactly. you can contribute um, over time. So it's not a, an unlimited, you know, let's just funnel all my, all my money in the HSA and I'll never pay taxes on it. It's a good strategy, but it's, it's one of many that would, would be employed in someone's, you know, total financial plan. Yeah. So to kind of summarize it, at least on my end and then chime in, if you've got anything else, we do want to be proactive in our thought about taxation. And that's why we talk about tax diversification in the same way we mm-hmm. talk about investment diversification, right? Money that's going to be taxed now versus later, um, that can be tax-free. There's definitely mm-hmm. ways to go about that. And I'd also say, if you know you're going to have a big taxable event, right? There's something that occurred in your life. You have a windfall of some sort. You, we mentioned selling a property. Um, it could be many different things. Yeah, there are things you can proactively do before the end of the tax year to maybe look to minimize some of those taxes. So I would say yeah. that, you know, if you're listening in because that's your your situation, then let's talk about it. Uh, but the concept of avoiding completely, I think, I think be, be weary of that word. Um, you're not yeah. missing out on some magical <laughs> formula that's right doesn't happen to exist. Right, right. So yeah, I guess the the key point there is even if you're not fully able to avoid the taxes, that doesn't mean you shouldn't plan for it. And as you said, there are still a lot of tax planning strategies that are well worth exploring just to be more efficient from a tax perspective. So you may not be able to avoid it, but you can certainly, I think many of us, we could certainly be more efficient with the timing of taxes and try to strategize from that aspect, Um, try to do a little bit better from a tax And here I thought talking about taxes wouldn't be fun today. And this was so much fun. All right. (laughs) You have a great rest of the day. Thanks for doing it. You too. Catch you next time. See you then. Bye. Hey, everyone. Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.